My dear respected elders, brothers, sisters, dear listeners, we are continuing with the second session of the tafsir of Surah Yasin. This is an oft-repeated surah and a surah that we read many, many times. And alhamdulillah, the meaning is so precise, so accurate, so motivational. And if a person understands and reflects on this ayat as he's reciting, it will definitely leave its effect. And insha'Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every time we recite it will be a means of our progress in the akhirah and in this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, grant them an example. وَدْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلًا Coin for them a parable. أَصْحَابَ الْقَرْيَةِ The people of a city. The people of a, uh, a place of living. Which place is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referring to? It is mentioned in the tafasir that the place Allah ta'ala is giving a parable of is in Turkey. And we know it as Antakya. Today, Antakya in those days, Antioch. And there was a king there by the name of Antakus. Probably, you know, the pronunciation could be very variable according to, you know, the pronunciation of the Greeks of the time. But similar, Antiochus was in Antakya, Antioch. And this is way before Sayyidina Isa wasalam. The reason being that although some people said that this story that we are referring to here is amongst the disciples, the Hawariyin, the right-hand men of Sayyidina Isa wasalam, but the quran Kareem refers to these people that came to the city as prophets, Mursaloon. And the Hawariyin and disciples of Isa wasalam, were not prophets. Actually, the last prophet that came before the Prophet wasalam, was Isa wasalam, And we know that from the Prophet wasalam's time till Rasulullah, there's a passage of time we refer to as the Fatra. Fatra, not Fitra, Fatra. Fatra means a gap of time that went without any prophet coming. So subhanallah, there was no prophet. So hence, this actually shows, and also when Isa wasalam, became a prophet, and he preached, besides Al-Quds, there were another two or three places that took up with Christianity and, and, and began to follow the deen of Isa wasalam, And one of them was Antioch. One of them was Antakya. The other was Al-Quds, and the third one was Iskandaria in Egypt, Alexandria. So, in the end of the day, we realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually speaking about this place. It could have been the Antakya we know, or it could have been another place called similar. You know, in those days they would give several places, you know, the same name. And a broader picture, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about these people. They disbelieved in Allah, and they took other deities besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah ta'ala says, إِذْ جَاءَهَا mursalun." Allah Ta'ala does not punish a nation, nor does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take them to task, unless and until Allah Ta'ala does not send to them a message. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends to them messages. إِذْ أَرْسَلْنَا We send to them two prophets. We send to them two prophets. And my brothers, subhanallah, we should acquaint ourselves with the prophets of Islam. Maybe every prophet we don't know, 
But there are many prophets that are there, there and have amazing stories. Unfortunately, we as an ummah don't know. Yesterday, just yesterday, we were speaking in Surah Baqarah about, you know, Allah speaks about a nation that were plagued. They were in a specific place. There was a plague. And they challenged Allah that if they move out of this place with a plague, their lives will be saved. Their trust was not in Allah. They depended on their own skill and own intelligence. They escaped and they went into some mountainous area and said, the plague will not catch us here. Allah says, move to die. 30,000 of them died instantly. When they withered away, a Nabi of Allah passed by and made dua. Who's that Nabi? We read Surah Baqarah. Who's that Nabi? Hizqil alayhi salatu wasalam. Hizqil alayhi salatu wasalam made dua. And on the dua of Hizqil alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah brought them back. Then Allah says from their progeny, another story happened. That was when they lost all the Anbiya. And the lineage of Anbiya was only coming from the son called Lawai. And all his progeny passed away. There was only one lady left and she was pregnant. And the Bani Israel were hopeful that the child of this person will be a Nabi of Allah. So his mother, she cried at nights for many, many hours, every day, begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow this child that will be born to be a Nabi of Allah. So normally, you know, in the Hebrew language, the scene of Arabic is, it becomes a sheen, like shalom, salam, salam, shalom. Okay? And similarly, sami'ah to hear shami'ah. And wail, the cries of. Shami'ah wail, shamwail alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah heard her cries, and hence this great Nabi Shamuel was born. And in other narrations, it was not Shamuel, it was Shamun. So we got Hisqil, Shamuel, Shamun, all mentioned in the Quran in Surah Baqarah. And then Allah Ta'ala says that they came to the Nabi and they told him, We want a king. And then he made dua and Allah Ta'ala granted them Talut. And Talut, when he went to face the Goliath, the Jalut, he then said to Sayyidina Dawood who was a young boy or a youngster at that time in his teenage age, teenage years, that if you can overpower the Goliath, I will not only give you my daughter, I will give you half my kingdom. And Dawood was the most courageous. And he took on the Goliath single-handed. And Allah Ta'ala with such a young boy brought down the giant. Years later, he married the daughter of Talut, who was the king. And half the kingdom came to them, and hence Allah says, We gave Dawood al mulka wal hikmah, we gave him kingdom also, and we gave him, subhanAllah, nubuwat and prophethood too. So Dawood's story doesn't start with Dawood. Dawood goes back to Talut, Talut goes back to Shamun, Shamun goes back to Isqil alayhi salatu wasalam. I'm just making a plea that we know. Our youngsters, mashallah, you ask them on this team, who are the players on the cricket team of, of, of Pakistan? 
they have all the profiles. My brothers, subhanallah, we don't know our anbiya, we read it every day in our Quran, but we read like parrots, we don't even know the story behind. Ya Allah Ta'ala says, we send two prophets. We're coming back to Yasin. We sent to them two. They belied them. Three is a strong number. Sometimes two, a bit weak. But three is a strong number. Three is a jama'ah. Nabi Karim said, when you go and you travel, be in a jama'ah. Jama'ah is three people. So three is a jama'ah. Nabi Sallallahu always loved three to be together. So this three, Allah says there were two. Now, we've made the third one. The third Nabi to come. So three Nabi sent to one nation, the people of Antakya. فَقَالُوا إِنَّا إِلَيْكُمْ مُرْسَلُونَ we have been sent to you as prophets. What, is, or what are the names of these Anbiya? In Surah Yasin. The whole Ummah reads Surah Yasin every day. And Allah is talking about two prophets and the third one came. Ask any Muslim what are the names of these Anbiya? <laughs> Sadiq alayhi salam. Saduq alayhi salatu wasalam. And Shalom alayhi salatu wasalam. These were the three Anbiya. All the tafsirs have their name. Sadiq, Saduq, and Shalom. قَالُوا مَا أَنْتُمْ إِلَّا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُنَا When they came and they spoke to the people and they said to the people, Believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At that moment in time, the people said, مَا أَنْتُمْ إِلَّا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُنَا You are nothing but a human being like us. There's no difference. There's absolutely no difference between us and you. You're exactly like our, like they said about Isa and his mother. You'll eat like us, you'll walk like us, you'll look like us. How are you any different than what we are? Allah has not revealed anything. There's no wahi coming to you. In antum illa you are not prophets, you are all lies. What did the Prophet say? يَعْلَمُ رَبُّنَا يَعْلَمُ إِنَّا إِلَيْكُمْ لَمُرْسَلُونَ The first time they said Mursalun, they just said Mursalun. There was no agitation, there was no aggravation, there was no resistance. So they said Mursalun. The second time when there was resistance, they said Lamursalun. La means definitely. Now they are using heavier terms, more words to show that no, we are. And that's why there's something in the Quran which we say, Ziyadatul Lavzi Tadullu ala Ziyadatil Ma'na. The more the words in the Quran, the more meaning it shows. When Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wasalam was with Khidr alayhi salatu wasalam and he was aggravated, he was upset, he could not understand the hikmah of Khidr alayhi salatu wasalam breaking a boat, killing a child, building a wall for those who were not good to them. Allah uses aggravational, you know, words, words with a lot of meaning, words with uneasiness, 
Allah says, لَن تَسْتَطَّعْمَعِيَ صَبْرًا You can never ever be with me. And then when Musa alayhi salatu wasalam decides to take his own path and he says, you know what, okay, I'm going my way, you're going all way, but probably you can throw some light on why you've done what you've done. Oh, okay, you know that boat, the poor people, they can use it anyhow, but if it was perfect, the king would have stolen it. I helped them. You know, uh, that child, he was going to grow up to be a monster and he was going to hurt his parents. You know, we were told by Allah to take him now, at least he'll go to Jannah and his parents will be spared to have a peaceful life. And you know that wall we built, those people were very bad to us, but we built that wall because it belongs to two orphans. If that wall falls off, they'll find the money left for the orphans and they'll usurp it. So we built the wall so it could protect that money for the orphans to become bigger and then through a dream or so, Allah will show them where their money is. So now Musa is at ease. Now there's no anger. There's no misunderstanding. There's no, subhanAllah, um, jahala or ignorance. So Allah then uses a much more lower grade word, a much more easier word. You see, I told you, you can't get along with me. So how Allah Ta'ala changes the words according to the situation. It comes in the Quran Kareem, Allah Ta'ala says that people will enter Jannah. وَسِيقَ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ زُمَرًا People will come to Jannah. حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءُوهَا When they come to Jannah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَفُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابَ Wow, one wow. I'm showing you in the Quran, there's not even a letter that is there for extra. Every letter of the Quran has so much meaning. وَفُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابُهَا And the doors are open. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He speaks in the exact same words about Jahannam. وَسِيقَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِلَى جَهَنَّمَ زُمَرًا The people of Tufar will be brought to Jahannam in groups. حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءُوهَا They will be brought to it. Allah doesn't say were, He just says فُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابُهَا The doors will be open. He doesn't put the wow there. Why for Jannah he puts wow? For Jahannam, exact same wordings, but he excludes wow. Allama Yusuf Rudyani, rahmatullah Ali, a great commentator on hadith, he has a book, Irshad al-Qari, or Irshad al-Sari, upon Sahih al-Bukhari, is a small book. In there he writes that there's a whole book written on the quran Kareem, highlighting extra wordings and the phenomenal meanings. In there he mentions this wow. He said, when a person puts a prisoner in a prison, you don't give him any welcome. The door is shut. You bring him, you push him in, you force him, and you shut the door on him. When someone is coming to a wedding ceremony, or some guests are coming from overseas that you love, you don't just open the door. The doors are open from a while. The bakhur is burning. MashaAllah, the nasheeds are playing. There's two, three people outside to welcome the guests inside. That is all denoted. The Jahannam is like a dungeon. People will come, Futihat abwabuha. Suddenly it will open and you'll be pushed in it. Wafutihat abwabuha. Jannah. From 500 years away, you will get the fragrance of Jannah. All that meaning in one wow. <laughs> all that meaning in one wow. So the first, when you're reading Surah Yasin, You'll see the first one is Mursalun. The second one is Lamursalun. Why did Allah put an extra La? 
Because when they were first preaching, it was all easy. They were just telling them. But then they gave resistance. So the second time they said, Hey, listen, we are definitely the prophets of Allah. وَمَا عَلَيْنَا إِلَّا الْبَلَاغُ الْمُبِينَ We only will tell you what is right. We can't force you, we cannot impose. But subhanAllah, from our perspective, we call you to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. قَالُوا إِنَّا تَطَيَّرْنَا بِكُمْ Allah says in another ayat, طَيَّرُوا بِمُوسَى وَمَنْ مَعَهُ They take bad omen. Can we take bad omen in Islam? Oh, the black cats went under the ladder at 12 o'clock. Tomorrow something is happening bad. You know all these horoscopes, they see the horoscopes. And then subhanallah, you know what? The mirror cracks, so something is going to happen bad. My beloveds, we as Muslimin, we have full tawakkul in Allah. Good and bad. The taqdeer is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't take bad omen in anything. However, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam should take good omen from things as a hope. So for example, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the battle, not the battle, but in the treaty of Hudaybiyah, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was waiting with his sahaba and they were prolonging the process and they were not allowing him to go to Makkah Mukarramah. Sahaba were becoming frustrated. There was a man by the name of Sahal. Sahal bin Abdullah. Sahal in Arabic means easy. So when Sahal came, Nabi Sallallahu said, Al-an Sahal Allah Al-Amr. So Sahal is coming, now Allah is going to make everything very easy for us. That's why he always asked us to keep names of good meaning and names of easiness. Right? A person came to Nabi Akareem and he said, What's your name? He said, Sahab. Difficult. Or he said, Sahar. In Ali radiallahu anhu, when Hassan was born radiallahu anhu, he said his name is Harb fighting. Prophet said, Don't keep so heavy names because names have effect. Say, Hassan, beautiful. Yusr, easy. So anyway, Allah said the same thing in another ayah. That Fir'aun took bad omen on Musa. That whenever anything good happens, he claims it. I'm your Lord. I'm giving you risk. I'm giving you all these things. But when bad things happen, when the frogs came and the seas turned into blood, and the locust came, and the drought came, then he blamed it on Musa. He said, Musa is bad luck. Musa is bad luck. My brother and sister, listen carefully. By the barakah of a pious man, a man that fears Allah, a man that fulfills the sunnah of Rasulullah a man that has connection with Allah. Who are they? I don't know and you don't know. We all try to be like them. Imam Abu Hanifa said, أُحِبُّ الصَّالِحِينَ وَلَسْتُ مِنْهُمْ أُحِبُّ الصَّالِحِينَ وَلَسْتُ مِنْهُمْ لَعَلَّ اللَّهَ يَرْزُقُنِي صَلَاحًا I love the pious, I don't claim it. I hope because of my love for the pious, Allah will make me one day pious. But it comes in hadith that a man stands up at night and he prays. He picks up his hands. 
because of him Allah grants 100 homes around him protection and 100 homes around him barakah one pious man 100 people that are around him benefits from him subhanallah and what are these people saying they say Musa is bad luck so what these people told these Sadiq, Saduq and Sayyidina Shalom salam, you people bring bad luck man you know what you people you're speaking bad about our gods and when our gods get angry then the punishment of our gods come we need to get rid of you I was reading that other night recently I've been to Afghanistan and in Afghanistan there's a beautiful lovely city called Ghazni Ghazni was almost a thousand years ago the capital of the Ghaznawid subhanallah you know empire and it was all founded by the father of Mahmoud al-Ghaznawi Mahmoud Ghazni his father was from the Turkic tribes that came down yes correct and subhanallah he was actually a slave he was taken as a servant he was given a good upbringing and later on when the empire was failing he stood up and he became the king Mahmoud Ghaznawi was bought, brought up with great amazing you know skill and Mahmoud al-Ghaznawi did not intend to interfere with the Indian counterpart the Indian counterpart was there Mahmoud Ghaznawi boarded them between Sindh Afghanistan and India but subhanallah he did not interfere with them he left them but several times they are the ones that attacked his outposts and it came to an extent that he needed to show them who's boss he needed to show them where's their borders so when he went into India and we find when we read the books we realize you know the modern day history of Muslims in India was written by the British so most of the facts are concocted to create tension between the Muslims and the Hindus and that's why you see today the outcome is that many of the Hindus they don't like Muslims they don't like the rule of the Muslims in the past because they are reading the facts that are all distorted in actual fact if you go to the true history books and you rewind it you will realize that many many Hindu villages gave preference of Muslim rule because the Muslims were just over their own Rajas and their, and their own whoever was ruling them and subhanallah would take and usurp from them so Mahmoud al-Ghaznawi he went and actually many a times the ones that attacked Mahmoud al-Ghaznawi he, he overlooked but then when the fight happened what did the people say? that do not touch the temples because if you touch our gods the gods wrath will come onto you and Mahmoud wanted to prove to the people that your gods are illa asma'un sammaytumuha we're not being disrespectful with all respect but reality is reality these gods cannot harm you they cannot subhanallah harm you no they can benefit you so hence he showed them that he broke certain gods and nothing happened to him and he told them and that is why sometimes entire villages accepted Islam 
When he came to Somnath, Somnath is in Gujarat, more down, middle India. And he came, they believed, what did they say? They said that the wrath of the gods did not come yet. Because all the gods angered Somnath. So Somnath was unhappy with the gods anyway. And Somnath is the main idol. So hands, on the hands of the Muslims, Somnath made the other gods suffer. But Somnath is untouchable. So when they made that claim, he wanted to prove to them that in the end of the day, even Somnath is nothing. It is but stone. When he came there, it was magnificent. It was huge. It was, it was sitting on 564 pillars. And they had 600 people in the service of the God at any given time. 364 girls dancing around it and saying songs in praise of the Somnath Mandir. And at that moment in time, when he came, they offered him large amounts of gold to leave it alone. But subhanAllah, when he struck it and it opened, such vaults of gold came out that was unfathomable. And he said, I don't want to go down in history as a preserver of idols or a builder of idols. I want to be known in history like how Ibrahim was the one that put an end to idols. My point is that subhanallah, all these nations told their prophets that these gods wrath will be on you. These gods will destroy you. But subhanallah, Allah Ta'ala proved otherwise all the time. If you do not stop, we will pelt you. And a severe punishment will come to you from us. Musa said, Your bad omen sits with you. Your bad omen sits with you. Not Musa the Ambiya. The Ambiya told them, don't put the omen on me, the bad omen sits with you. Are you blaming us because we are trying to remind you? We're telling you of the reality of the Akhirah and you're putting the blame on us? You are a nation that are, you know, transgressful. Now the Nabis are trying to tell them and the Nabis are trying to you know, call them to Allah Ta'ala and they're putting up a resistance and they're actually threatening the Nabis that they're going to kill the Nabis. And the Bani Israel at that time, they would sometimes kill up to 300 Nabis in a day. 300. What is children? Today we're saying they're killing children. What is children? Nothing. A Nabi of Allah, the greatest of human beings that can tread the earth, at one day they would kill 300 Nabis. So subhanallah, they said we're going to kill you. A man came running. Who's this man? From the bottom part, from the distant. Aqsa means distant. That's why we say Masjid Al-Aqsa, the distant mosque. And from the bottom part came a man running. Yes, Oh my nation, listen to the prophets. 
Who was he? His name was Habib al-Najjar. What was his name? Habib al-Najjar. Habib was his name. Najjar means carpenter. Some say he was a habbak. Habbak means a person, a laundry man. person who would do the laundry. Or a person who would sew garments. So whatever he was, he was in the last part of his life. There wasn't much left. He was old. He had leprosy. When he heard that the prophets are talking to the people and they are being disobedient and even threatening them to kill them, he pulled himself out of bed. And he said, take me there. And when they brought him there, he began to tell them. What did he say? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ اتَّبِعُوا الْمُرْسَلِينَ Listen to the prophets. They're telling you good. Support them. اتَّبِعُوا Follow those. لَا يَسْأَلُكُمْ أَجْرًا They don't want dunya from you. وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ They have hidayat in their hands. They are trying to give it to you. وَمَا لِيَ لَا أَعْبُدُ الَّذِي فَطَرَنِي وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ What is wrong? Why should I not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Who created me? And to Allah is your return. Should I take a deity besides Allah? If Allah intends any harm for me, their intercession will never ever be of any benefit to me. If Allah tomorrow wants a sickness, all these gods, they can plea in front of Allah to give me shifa. Allah will not listen to them if they even have life, but they are lifeless. These gods cannot be of any benefit to me. If I worship anyone besides Allah, I'm in total error. إِنِّي آمَنْتُ بِرَبِّكُمْ فَاسْمَعُونَ I have believed in Allah, your Rabb. فَاسْمَعُونَ Listen to me, I know what I'm saying. I'm old, I have hikmah, I have experience. I'm one of, you know, the old people of this city. And I know this, the history of the people before. This is the way, listen to the prophets. Did they listen? It comes in Ibn Kathir. They took him and they with their foot... Or their feet, they began to stamp him. The entire crowd jumped on him so much that his intestines oozed out from his back. From the backside, his intestines came out. Ay, 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 ay. My brothers, look at this. At that instance, Allah Ta'ala doesn't say what happened. Allah is not interested in telling us all those things. Allah says immediately he messes out all those things in between and immediately Allah says Oh Habib you died for my sake come go Jannah Oh Habib go to Jannah what did he say what did Habib say this is what I want to highlight today Habib said, قَالَ يَا لَيْتَ قَوْمِي يَعْلَمُونَ O 
only, I lament, I wish only if my nation can see me entering Jannah. Why? To spite them? To burn them? To show them they are wrong? No. Because I supported the Anbiya. Because I supported the deen of Allah. Allah forgave me. And he has made me from amongst the honorable. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa said, No one passes away and wishes to come back to this world except the shaheed. The shaheed, Allah gives him such honor and such prestige when he dies, he wishes to die again to experience that entire experience once more again. Jabir radiallahu anhu's father Abdullah passed away. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa saw Jabir very sad in the morning. He said, oh Jabir, why are you sad? He said, my father passed away, ya Rasulullah, should I not be sad? The Prophet said, تَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ بِأَبَاكَ kifaha." Last night, Allah has 70,000 veils. Allah opened every veil and spoke to your father. Took away all the veils and directly face to face spoke to your father. And he asked your father, do you have any wish? Oh Abdullah. Abdullah said, yes. I want to go back to the world again. He said, why? He has nine daughters. His Fatima, his Aisha, his Zainab. One more meal with them. Say goodbye to them. Kiss them farewell. No, 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 no. I want to go back to the world. Uqtal thumma uhya, thumma uqtal thumma ahya. I want to be killed and then die again. And killed and die, die again. And be living and die again. So I can give my life over repeatedly. The ecstasy and the enjoyment and the happiness in me presenting my life before Allah is so sweet that there's nothing in Jannah also to be parable to that. When Sayyidina Abdullah bin Hudhaf al-Sahami radiallahu anhu was by the Roman king. Brothers, listen carefully. I know what I'm saying. Abdullah bin Hudhaf al-Sahami is by the Roman king. He told him, I'll give you half of my empire. Just, you know, subhanAllah, make a sajda. Just say, I disbelieve in Muhammad. I will make you my partner. I will give you money. I'll get you married to my daughter. Abdullah bin Hudhaf al-Sahami told him, let alone your daughter and your kingdom, if you give me ten times more the kingdom that you own, and let alone becoming a Christian, I will not even say anything against Allah and His Rasul for one second. Then he saw he couldn't get his way, then he threatened him. And he brought a huge cauldron, a huge cauldron of boiling hot oil. And he threw a Muslim in there. And the Muslim began to boil. And then his bones came up. And then he said, I will do the same for you. And he told them, take him, kill him. And as they were taking him, he cried. And they brought him back. They thought he was scared. <clears throat> and when they told him, they told the king, he said, bring him back quickly. When he was brought back, he asked him, are you really scared? Why are you crying? He said, I'm not crying, you fool, because I'm scared of death. I'm crying because I only have one life to give Allah. I wish I had the equivalent of lives to the hair on my body that I could give to the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> whilst me and you whilst me and you are hurt in what is happening in Gaza today and rightfully so by the qasam of Allah Allah loves them 
and they being granted something that Khalid bin Walid cried for on his bed. They've been granted shahada that when they go to the hereafter, they're wishing to come back and taste from it again. And it is unfortunate that other people in that area, whether it's on the Jordanian border, whether it's on the Saudi border, whether it is on the Egyptian border, whether it is, subhanallah, in the Israeli borders, irrespective, there are some very good people Alhamdulillah. But many of the youth and many of the new civilizations are losing their iman. They're living in luxury. They're living in comfort. But their entire life surrounds football. Their entire life surrounds just making fun and having a good time in life. Many of them are going into atheism. Many of them are going into homosexuality. But a qasam of Allah, if the Nabi could speak here, he would have told you, those people living with nothing, those people living in huts, those people that are being bombarded, those people that are losing their lives right now, but they're passing away with Iman, they're passing away with Quran, they're passing away, subhanallah, connected to the Akhirah in the year after, in the eyes of Allah, they are the highest of high. And those who are probably having a luxurious life, and a life of ease and comfort, and a life of everything that you mention. But subhanallah, they are losing their iman, they are losing their scruples. Civilizations are going away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The lands of Khalid bin Walid, and the lands of subhanallah, the sahaba that they gave their sweat and their blood for, is being re-given to the shayateen. The shaitan is coming back into those lands. If you look at it from the eyes of a mu'min and the eyes of a believer, you will wish I was in Gaza right now. You would wish I could share the pain of my brethren. You could wish that subhanallah, I also get part of this rahmat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Although we don't wish for it. And although it's not nice to see, and although we should always ask Allah Ta'ala for afiyat, and we ask Allah Ta'ala to grant them happiness, and take away all their problems. But if you look at it from the eyes of the Akhirah, these people are lucky. These people have it all for them. Allah is saving the deen for them. Now, beloved, subhanAllah, I conclude by saying that he died. He passed away. Who? Habib. Habib al Najjar passed away. But what was his lament? My only lament is why my people don't know. Why did he want them to know? Not to spite them. So they could know that he passed away. They killed him brutally, but he was instantly. See, I, I'll explain to you something. When Allah wants to show something instant, then Allah Ta'ala takes away all talk in between. They asked Allah Ta'ala many questions. They ask you about the moon. Say, and then Allah says the answer. They ask you about women periods. Say, and then Allah gives the answer. They ask you, what should they spend? Say, and answer. And many, many questions that they ask. 
They ask you about gambling and they ask you about alcohol. Qul, say, and Allah gives the answer. Then there was one question they asked. They ask you about me, where's Allah? Allah never say Qul. That even the word Qul must not become a hindrance between him and his servants. Instantly he said, I'm here. I'm here. Inni qareeb. I'm right here. Look at me, I'm right here. Your Allah is with you right now. Even the word, the methodology of Allah using the word Qul after every question was abolished when it came to the question, ask where is Allah? Even the word Qul must not come. I'm right here. Allahu Akbar. Here in Yasin, Allah is telling you the story. He stops right there, he died. And Jannah is just there. That is why the Shaheed doesn't even feel the pain. Nabi said, Before he dies already, Allah shows him his place in Jannah. When Fir'aun lashed on her, she looked at Musa and Musa told her, Oh Asiya, wait. He put up his hand, Oh Allah. Show her her place in Jannah. It is mentioned the seven heavens opened, and Asiya from where she was could see her house in Jannah. And Allah numbed her body. That Fir'aun was lashing her, Fir'aun was hitting her, Fir'aun was poking her with nails. But she could not even feel the pain, and she was smiling because she was looking at her place in Jannah. It is said that Fir'aun said, Kill her because I think she's Majnoon, she's mad. Anyone that you put this pain on will cave in. This woman doesn't even know we're giving her pain. This is divine intervention. When Allah subhanallah overrides. And Allah said instantly, I don't, I'm not going to even tell you how he died and they buried him and what happened. I'm going to tell you, they killed him. Jannah. Jannah is yours. But his lament was, I want my death to be of benefit. Oh Allah. These people right now killed me. They hurt me. They broke me. They stampeded me. I can see my body there bleeding. Oh Allah, punish them? No. Allah, throw them in Jahannam? No. Oh Allah, I wish they can see me entering Jannah so they can change their minds about these prophets and they can also say the kalima and they can also go to Jannah. They can also go to Jannah. A believer is a nasih. He wants nasihat. Even those that hurt you, you want them to get hidayat. Nabi Karim Sassam in, in, in Taif, when they hurt him so much, did he make Allahumma inna hadha. In Uhud, when the blood was flowing, Nabi Sallallahu kept the blood up and he wiped it and he said, Allahumma, O oh Allah, don't destroy this nation. فَإِنَّهُمْ قَوْمٌ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ They are people that don't know. They don't know. Open their eyes. I'll conclude with these two ayats to finish the story. I wish my people knew. And he made me from amongst those who are privileged. Allah is now speaking. Finish story over. Allah is speaking now. وَمَا أَنزَلْنَا عَلَىٰ قَوْمِهِ مِنْ بَعْدِ After that, we did not send on that nation. مِنْ جُنْدٍ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ Malaika from the skies. There was no need to send a whole army to destroy them. 
وَمَا كُنَّا مُنْزِنِ They're not even important enough for me to send the whole army to destroy them. So how we destroy them then? إِنْ كَانَتْ إِلَّا صَيْحَةً وَاحِدًا One loud scream. Jibreel came. Jibreel took the whole city. Jibreel brought it to his mouth and screamed. And on the scream of Jibreel, everyone, فَإِذَا هُمْ خَامِدُونَ Everyone was flattened. One scream of Jibreel and everyone was flattened. Then Allah Ta'ala says, Ya Hasratan ala al-ibad. Oh, what regret upon servants. Ma ya'tihim min rasul, a message, a messenger doesn't come to them. Illa kanu bihi yastahzi'oon. Except that they make jest and joke. أَلَمْ يَرَوْكَ مَهْلَكْنَا قَبْلَهُمْ مِنَ الْقُرُونَ Don't they see how many a nation before them we destroyed? أَنَّهُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ لَا يَرْجِعُونَ And those nations will never ever come back again. وَإِن كُلٌّ لَمَّا جَمِيعٌ لَدَيْنَا مُحْضَرُونَ وَإِن كُلٌّ لَمَّا And every of these nations and every individual and everyone irrespective of who he is. كُلٌّ لَمَّا Everyone. Jamia, more emphasis, every soul, Ladaina in front of us on the day of Qiyamah will stand and will have to give Isab for what they done. Let you know that. No injustice will go overlooked. Every injustice will be brought before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq to understand. And may these ayat of Yasin inspire us.